0: What's up, everybody? It's Alex Burns here, and you can win big in 2023 with TeamSync from rotoballer.com and get an extra 10% off with discount code ALEX. Just import your fantasy teams and sync your league settings. Then get custom tools and tailored advice for your specific fantasy rosters and scoring settings, including recommendations from the Draft Assistant, Free Agent Finder, and Lineup Optimizer. That's how I drafted all my Tyree's Halliburton shares last season. Sync an unlimited amount of NBA, NFL, MLB, and NHL fantasy teams from any of the major fantasy platforms. Just visit rotoballer.com and use code Alex, that's A-L-E-X, at checkout to get your discounted premium pass. Now let's dive right into today's show. This is the Hoop Beast Fantasy Basketball Podcast with your host, Alex Burns. What is up, NBA fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Beast Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Alex Burns, and you can find me on Twitter at a. Burns Hoops. This show is brought to you by Rotoballer. And man, I'm I'm pumped up for this show. We're going to continue our season review series, and on this one, we're going to talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Just a fun team, a fun team for fantasy purposes. Shea Gilgis Alexander. This is being recorded on the night that he was announced as a first-team All-NBA selection. What an incredible season. Top-five fantasy finish, career year. We'll get to all that in a second, but first, I want to just touch on some NBA news. Obviously, first, second, third, and All-NBA teams were announced earlier today. Really no surprises. Really no surprises. It's funny to see Julius Randle over Bam Adebayo on third team, but again, it's not based on a playoff performance or playoff performance is it's based on the regular season so uh i'm just a salty heat fan the heat just lost game five to the knicks in new york we're going back to miami for game six uh so you know i'm, I'm a little uh a little salty right now about julius randall and the disrespect to bam and Abayo, but uh that's a conversation for another day um let's talk about uh some oklahoma city thunder basketball last season i guess since they didn't make the playoffs you could call their season a disappointment. Like, I'm fine with that. If you want to call that a disappointment, you can. I choose to look at it from the other end of the spectrum. 40 wins. 40 and 42 is their record. That's that's good. I don't think anybody expected the Thunder to have 40 wins this season. They overperformed in my book. 40 and 42. That was their best record since the 2019-2020 season. That was when Chris Paul was running things. And they've now turned... This team over to Shea Gildas Alexander, it's the Shea show. And this team played good last season. Obviously, we'll touch on this in a second, but Chet Holmgren, the number two overall pick, who played so good in preseason, had NBA Twitter in flames at times with some of his just ball handling capabilities, pull up threes on fast breaks. He looked like like Jesus in basketball shoes during the preseason. I know it's you never want to be too dramatic and form your opinion off some preseason games but he looked like he was the real deal he goes down with a list frank injury in a pro-am game and misses the entire season so right off the bat that's that's a blow and then right before the season started i, don't, I know many of you listening to this will, will certainly remember they announced that shea Gilgis alexander was battling an injury and because he'd been hurt i guess periodically through his first couple of seasons in the nba it caused the fantasy community to overreact and I'm not even lying, this guy was getting drafted in the, 40s, in the 40s. I had him at 27 coming into the season, and yeah, he, he overperformed. Top 5 fantasy finish. Awesome season. Uh, one thing about the Thunder, before we get into some specific players, is you know, they had 16 more wins than they had last season. That's a big improvement. Under their head coach, Mark Dagnall, who's a really good coach, he's a top 10 coach in the NBA, in my opinion. It'd be hard to find... And it might even be, be better than that. I should sit down and, and write it out, but he's a good coach. This team plays hard for him. He doesn't have the best pieces, but he makes it work. He's a great coach. They've improved every single year under him. This is coming into his, well, This just finished his third season. And this team has improved record-wise in advanced metrics. They've improved. He's done a great job. Another funny part about the, the Thunder season is they drafted two players during last year's draft that had the exact same name, spelled differently. It was the Jalen Williamses. Jalen Williams was the one that was spelled J-A-L-E-N. He graduated from Arkansas, so shout-out to Josh Lloyd. We'll call him Pig Williams because the mascot for Arkansas is a pig, a razorback. Jalen Williams is Pig Williams. He was the one that... Everybody's swooning over over the last couple of months of the season. He had such a good season. Nobody really expected him to be this good of a fantasy player early on. He has all the makings, all the tools. He was a high pick for them. He had a great season. The other Jalen Williams was spelled differently. J-A-Y-L-I-N Williams. Jalen Williams. He graduated from Boise State. He's a Bronco. Bronco Williams. So as we talk about both guys later on in the show, that's how we'll differentiate them. And like I just mentioned, Chet Holmgren goes down with an injury, misses the entire season. And I guess we'll start there. Let's start on Chet Holmgren. I'm not going to spend a ton of time with him or on him just because, you know, he didn't play. But uh, fully prepared to make a full recovery next season. I can see him at this point. It's it's way too early. There's a lot of stuff that has to happen between now and then. He's easily going to start at center for them. I can see him third, fourth round in fantasy, maybe end of the third round, beginning of the fourth round. Now let's just face it. The dude has top thirty fantasy asset, or top thirty fantasy upside due to his skill set. He can shoot threes. He can block shots. It's what he's gonna do. He's gonna rebound the basketball. He's gonna push in transition. He'll rack up above average assist numbers for a center. He has top thirty upside if he can remain healthy. The list Frank injury that he suffered in a pro m game. I I'm not gonna read too much into that. That was not something that you could put on his frame or anything like that, or the build. I know there's been some critiques of he's so skinny and frail, and no, I'm not worried about that too much. I, I think he's going to be absolutely fine. Uh, he's going to start for center. He's going to start at center for them, and, and that's going to have some some ramifications that we'll talk about shortly here. But really just want to start with Shea Gildas-Alexander. I'm going to try and go in order with players of fantasy relevance. Uh, might jump around a little bit towards the end. There's only about three or four guys that are really worth getting into a deep dive in terms of fantasy here. So uh, we'll kind of go quick through the remaining players that we'll talk about. But I want to start off with Shea Gilgis- Gilgis-Alexander. I just mentioned incredible season for him, top five. He was actually fourth in per game, fourth in totals. You know, He played 70 games his rookie season. He only played a total of 91 over the last two seasons combined coming into this season. So yeah, I guess people were a little nervous. I think the injury prone label, I think you got to be careful with that because I think anybody can get hurt at any time. I wasn't really worried about that. 70 games his rookie season. Obviously, he didn't have the usage that he had his rookie season when he was with the Clippers. And yeah, only 91 games over the last two seasons. A lot of those weren't you know, repeat injuries. They were various injuries that were combined and didn't really worry me at all. Like I said, I had him ranked 27th coming in, and, and boy, his his ADP was in the 40s. I was just buying as many shares as I possibly could of SGA heading into draft season. I think he was up there with one of my, one of my most rostered players across all of my leagues. Across all of my 597 leagues that I was in. But again, all that worry coming into the season. I know there was an injury that was announced. He was nursing an injury heading into the season. People got scared. His ADP dropped to the 40s. It didn't matter. He played 70 games. His numbers, he had a career high, 31.3 points per game, 4.9 rebounds, 5.4 assists. And the good part of that is he had great efficiency. He shot just under 50% from the field, 90% from the line. He's automatic at the free throw line. That's a massive value boost. He shot 90% on on high volume. That's huge. He actually led the league in drives to the basket one of those stats they track. He, he led the league in that, so he was getting to the line frequently as a result. Uh, one interesting stat that I will say watching was steals. And and I don't know if his 1.7 steals per game that he averaged last season is real or fake. It's it's really hard to tell. You know, he's always been a good above-average defender. He's, he's long, he's lanky, has a big wingspan. His previous career high in steals was actually 1.3 steals he had that last season. But, if 1.7 becomes low ones next season, right? If 1.7 becomes 1.4, maybe even 1.2, 1.3 again, it's definitely going to drop him a few spots in the rankings. I mean, he's still going to be a first-round ADP this season. People are going to take him in the probably the end of the first round, I would say. But if those steals go down, it will impact where he finishes. I don't think it's enough to really drastically change how you view him. But really, you know, 31.3 points... 5.4 assists, really good efficiency. Is there room for improvement? I guess that's the one question that I could I have the right to ask about his season. Is there room for improvement? I don't know. He will be drafted as a first round guy, but I wouldn't be surprised to see second or third round value if the steals and the, the efficiency decreases. So that's just something to think about with with SGA, but uh, we're not going to harp too much on that uh, on a night where he was named first team All NBA. Congratulations SGA, it was it was good to to see you recognized for your play. I think uh, Ad, who was it? It was might have been Worldwide Wob on Twitter tweeted out that uh, him winning or being named a first team All NBA was like a win for the guys that stay up late every night watching League Pass. Just screaming to the TV about how good SGA is, but nobody really notices and he doesn't really get that much recognition. Well, there's your recognition. So hats off to you. Job well done. Looking forward to next season. Next guy I want to talk about is the first Jalen Williams, Pig Williams, Arkansas Razorback Jalen Williams. He was the good one in fantasy. No way around it. He was a league winner. He had 148 blended ADP. He was being drafted around guys like Max Struess, the Malik Beasleys of the world, Kendrick Nunn. But he ended up finishing 66th in per-game value. He's finished 56th in total value. He just gave you a little bit on everything. 14.1 points per game, 4.5 rebounds, 3.3 assists. He had 1.1 steals, 0.5 blocks. Again, good efficiency. 51% shooting from the field, 35% on th- from three. Then he shot 80% from the line. Which was pretty good. And over the final two months of the season, he took it up a notch 17 points a game, 5.4 rebounds, four assists, increased his steals to 1.6 steals a game, continued to shoot 50% from the field, and actually increased his free throws to 90% from the line. And as good as he was, I remember the game that LeBron James broke Kareem Abdul Jabbar's all time scoring uh, record. It was actually, obviously, a nationally televised game, it was versus the Thunder. And I remember tweeting something. All eyes were on LeBron, and rightfully so. But the national TV audience got a chance to look at who Jalen Williams really was. I mean, he really had a game. I think he finished with 25 points. He was just impressive. He was impressive. He made he made that game fun to watch. I know people were watching for LeBron, but the fantasy nuts that we are, it was fun to watch him go toe-to-toe in that game. And the, the impressive part about his game is he put up all those numbers, you know, 66 in per-game value, 56 in total value, top 70 guy, a rookie year. He did it all with under 20% usage. Obviously, you can attribute that to solid efficiency and a high steal rate. And that's my question for him coming into next season. Can he keep that up? Because, right, remember, Chet Holmgren will return to the lineup. Chet Holmgren is definitely taking usage away from someone and probably multiple people. He's a center. Usually centers don't command big usage numbers, but this isn't just your average center. He's going to push the ball in transition. He's going to take shots. He's going to take threes. He's going to get shots from all around the rim. They're going to run some offense through him. He's going to take a good chunk of usage away from this team, and I don't think it's coming from SGA, so it's coming from someone. So the question for him is, if he doesn't keep up 50% efficiency, You know, 80% from the line. He's shot 90% from the line down the stretch. But if he dips to 75% from the line, if his efficiency goes to 47%, where can he improve in fantasy? Can he finish better than a top 70 guy in both formats? I think he can. I'm pretty bullish on him. I'm not, uh, I'd rather be optimistic on him. You know, he's definitely going to be drafted inside the top 50 based on the hype. I could, I could see his ADP in high 40s all the way to the 60s, between probably 40 and 60. I know that's a 20-spot spread, but that's where I could see people ended up drafting him, especially in category leagues. But all in all, I just turned 22 years old. He has all the talent in the world. Was extremely impressive last season. And he's going to be fun to watch, hopefully, for the next decade. Pig Williams. Good season for him. Next guy. Josh Giddey. Before we dive into uh, Josh Giddey, I just want to reiterate the fact that he just finished his second professional season. He won't even turn 21 until November. We talked on the last episode about how Jalen Duran is just super young. And, <laughs> I mean, he's not even 20 years old yet. Well, well excuse me, he's, he's 20. He won't be 21 until November. He just finished his rookie season. Josh Giddey just finished his second NBA season, and he won't turn 21 until November. So he's, he's young had very similar production to his rookie season, but he did improve his efficiency. He went from 41% as a rookie to 48% this season. That's huge. Because really, one of the only glaring knocks on his fantasy game his rookie year was that he was just inefficient. So increasing to 7% to 48%, that's huge. He scored four more points per game as a result. he make more shots, score more points. And he finished just outside the top 100 in per game value. He was 88 total value. He finished 160 in per game value his rookie season. So, flirted with top 100 value this season. It was a pretty good season. Uh, he's a guy who's gonna, he's going to look, he's going to contribute across multiple categories for a season or for most of his career. He's going to get you rebounds, assists. He's going to score, hopefully, continually at an efficient mark. But I think his deficiencies hurt his value. You can see that in the numbers. I mean, 74% from the line, it's not good for a point guard. Defensively, his numbers are subpar. You'd like to see 0.7 steals, 0.4 blocks. Increase a little bit, especially because he's he's long and lanky. I think he could definitely get more than 0.4 blocks per game. And just like Jalen Williams that we mentioned above, the big question for him is what, are the usage, what does the usage look like next season? Chet's returning. Is Jalen Williams going to take a step? Giddy had a 24% usage rate in each of the last two seasons, And is there enough room for him to increase? I think he can. I think he can get inside the top 100, but it's going to take him getting to the 1.1, 1.2 steals range. It's going to take him shooting a little bit better from the free throw line. All that stuff is is doable. I mean, what is his fantasy ceiling? Like I said, he won't turn 21 until November. He's got time. So that's kind of the, the three or four if you include Chet Holmgren, the four main fantasy guys here for the Thunder. The next couple of guys we're going to go through, we won't spend too much time dissecting their season, Um, but they are worth mentioning for various reasons. We'll start with Lou Dort. Uh, Just not a good NBA player offensively. Uh, Takes too many shots. It was more of the same for him this year. He played 30 minutes, he chipped in two threes and a steal. That was where his value came from. But you know field goal percentage just absolutely killed his value. We shot below 40% from the field. And really, that's just who he is. That's who he is. He's not going to be an efficient scorer. He's going to think too highly of himself. He has the Dylan Brooks mindset. I'm going to play hard on defense. I'm going to be one of those guys you hate to play against because you don't stop. But on offense, I'm just going to hoist shots. I'm going to shoot threes every time I touch the ball. That's who Lou Dort is. Shot below 40% last season. He's really not someone worth rostering in fantasy. I mean, you could think about it in a points league. You can think about it. But I'm not touching him. I mean he's he's with, and I shouldn't even say this now, but coming into last season, Russell Westbrook was on that do not draft list just because where you'd have to get him and, and what he produced, it just his negatives killed his value so much. I wouldn't put Lou DeWitt on the do not draft list, but he's not somebody that I will have any shares of. He really isn't even like a streamable guy. The highest he's ever finished in per game value was 128. And with more bodies in Oklahoma City next year, how in the world is he going to finish higher than 128? No thanks. I don't want anything to do with him. A guy that I am excited about, Ken Mitch Williams. Well, I shouldn't say excited about, at least not in fantasy. I think he's going to have a tough time. Getting consistent minutes. I mean, he hasn't even getting, gotten consistent minutes with a shorthanded Thunder roster. But I just like him as a real life player. I think he's good. His game really doesn't translate well to fantasy. Um, but, you know, he's popped in and out of the starting lineup a few times. He's fell out of the rotation some other times. Only played 53 games last year. Wrist injury ended his season in early March. But he's just a well rounded player. I like him. I like him. And they signed him to a nice contract. He's under contract for the next four seasons. And he has a club option for the 2026-2027 season. He doesn't need a ton of usage. 13% usage last season. He averaged eight points. Just under five rebounds. Two assists. 0.8 steals. 0.3 blocks on good efficiency. Shot 52% from the field. 37% from three. But really, here's the kicker. This is just a kicker. I said good efficiency. 43% from the line. That's like shockingly bad. And that just pulls down his value. So he's just one of those guys. He's going to be streamable at times when the Thunder are shorthanded. He's not someone who's going to be drafted. But, you know, if injuries happen to the front court, he's going to get minutes, and he'll be a decent streamer, most likely. Like I mentioned, he's under contract for the next four seasons. He's 28 years old. Uh, Chet... Like we've mentioned before, entering the fold, there doesn't really appear to be a lot of room for him to scale in his fantasy value, especially in Oklahoma City with the current roster. Uh, Moving on, let's talk about Bronco Williams, the other Jalen Williams, the one spelled with the Y, who was a rookie. He started at center down the stretch. His numbers improved a little bit with increased minutes. Still outside the top 240. Uh, Really doesn't do anything particularly well in fantasy. Doesn't have like one stat that rises above and kind of lifts his value Uh, he's definitely going to shift to the bench or shouldn't shift to the bench with with chet returning i mean look if 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 chet misses more time or if there are injuries and it forces him into playing time i could see his upside being like an eight and eight kind of guy with a three and average free throws i don't think he's anybody to write home about he's okay poku let's talk about poku pokushevsky Man, people have been high on this guy for three years, and it makes sense. I mean, he's a seven-footer. He has guard-like skills. He's shown a ton of flashes over the last three years, but he just hasn't really been able to put it together. Last season, he only played 34 games. It was kind of just a lost season for him, the way you think about it. He got hurt end of twenty-two, two 2022. I think it was like December 29th or something like that. He got hurt. Then he came back towards the end of the season, only got three games. And in those games, 10 minutes in one, three minutes in the other, and then 10 minutes in the third game. So really just after he got hurt, couldn't get back, couldn't find a rhythm. In his 34 healthy games before the injury, he played 20 minutes, averaged 1.3 blocks, which was pretty good, but shot at a really poor clip. 43% from the field, 63% from the free throw line. And that just kind of tanked his value. Just like Josh Giddy, he's young. He won't turn twenty-two until next season. He just finished his third professional season, uh, so it really doesn't make sense to write him off totally in fantasy. I mean, he still definitely has time. But you know, now that Pig Williams has announced himself in the the lineup, Chet coming back, you know, Kenrich Williams, they just inked him to a contract. It'll be tough to to really find consistent minutes enough to produce fantasy value. I mean, I mean, what to expect? I mean, he he is one of those guys that his skill set could be valuable even if he does have limited time. But the question is, does he stay around 20 minutes or does he drop down to more of the 15-17, to maybe 18 minutes type of guy next season now that Oklahoma City Thunder should be healthy? That's the question. But again, he can block shots, 1.3 blocks. He can hit threes if his efficiency improves, if his minutes hover around 20. I think he can hold some some fantasy value at times next season. But those are the questions that, that I'm looking for. As far as Poku, um, a couple of guys uh, will we'll wrap this thing up. Isaiah Joe, everyone's favorite. I love Isaiah Joe. I think everybody could agree that the 76ers should have never let him go. Yeah, I mean, inefficiency has been bad, but he improved his field goal percent by 8% year over year. He's a streaky kind of guy. He had a 33-point game versus the Hornets. Had a 28-point game earlier in the year against the Suns. His contract's non-guaranteed next season, becomes fully guaranteed on January 10th, 2024. And really, when you look at it, he appears, at least down the stretch, to have taken Trey Mann's role. And we'll talk about Trey Mann in a second, but uh, you know, really got consist- more consistent minutes down the stretch than Trey Mann. And, and I know some people are, are bullish on Trey Mann. He's shown some flashes. You know, he had a nice triple-double to end the year against the Grizzlies. But just like Joey Streaky, his playing time is spotty all season, and I, really at this point he's twenty-two years old. I don't think he'll be relevant outside of an injury, or at least with the Thunder. Uh, I just don't think he and Isaiah Joe. I don't think their games translate to fantasy enough. I think their field goal percentage and their efficiency hurt too much. If they can imp- improve that, get some consistent minutes, then we can talk. But it's just tough to trust those two, and so you know I don't really think there's a big role outside of a reserve role for them heading into next season. And the last guy I want to talk about is their other rookie, Usman Dieng. He was kind of a miss for me. I, I had high expectations for him this season. I, I didn't think he was somebody that you should draft, but he was somebody that I watched and I said, hmm, he could be fantasy relevant at some point this season. And I was wrong. He just turned 20 this month, so he's very young with lots of time. To improve but he really didn't get a fair shot I mean he had some playing time down the stretch due to injuries you know he'll just like the Trey Man and Isaiah Joe he'll probably play a reserve role again next season while Ken Rich Williams a healthy Ken Rich Williams gets gets most of the playing time on the wing there but he's young there's a lot of stuff to like about his game he has a lot of time left to prove it's way too early to write him off And as is with most of the guys that we talked about, if we're being honest. I I think the oldest guy that we talked about, obviously, was SGA. I mean, Trey Mann's 22. Isaiah Joe, I believe, is 23. Giddy won't even turn 21 until November. Or 22 until November, excuse me. Chet's obviously young. So this team is young. They're good. This season was a win for me. If I'm a Thunder fan, I'm, I'm excited about the future of this team. I'm excited about our coach. I'm excited about the pieces that we have. They have, like, 97 draft picks in the next couple of drafts, so they're just going to keep getting better. And building off of a 40-win season, I would not be surprised in the slightest to see them make some sort of trade and, and utilize some of those crazy draft picks that they have and maybe try and put some more pieces around SGA. So that's one thing to think about. This team has assets. This team has assets, and now they have an All-NBA a first team all nba player do they build around him in the offseason that's a sneaky team to look out for as far as you know around free agency with teams make trades and that's a that's a sneaky team to watch out for that would really shake things up as far as heading into next season how the rotation looks and you know all the fantasy values or or fantasy projections for the players that we talked about it could shake things up but that's it for today's show Uh, If you enjoyed, please like, subscribe, and share. Tune in for the next one. We're going to take a closer look at the Toronto Raptors. Lots could change there in Toronto. News today, they just interviewed JJ Redick as part of the first round of their coaching interviews uh, with Nick Nurse, obviously fired earlier this offseason. So that's going to be a good one. I'm excited. But like I said, thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, share, and we'll see you on the next one.